the Vine Keeper Bible Podcast, Guyana, South America, the land of many waters. My name is Rick Walker. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. The Lord has heard your prayer. Elizabeth will give birth to a son, and you will name him John. Today we are going to take a look at Zechariah's prayer. You might want to follow along in Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 25. It has been several hundred years since the Lord spoke through the prophet Malachi. Malachi is the last prophet of the Old Testament. The last three verses of Malachi, the last three verses of the Old Testament, tell the Jews what they are to do, what the Lord will do, and what Elijah the prophet will do. First, the people are to keep the laws of Moses. They are to keep the decrees and the commandments. Secondly, what will the Lord do? The Lord will send Elijah the prophet, not really Elijah the prophet, but a prophet who will be like Elijah. And thirdly, what will Elijah the prophet do? Elijah will turn the hearts of the parents and children toward one another. They will turn from their evil ways and will become faithful to the Lord. The short story about Zechariah and Elizabeth follows those three points like an outline. First, Malachi told the people to keep the law of Moses. They were to keep the decrees and the commandments. In Zechariah's day, there were about 20,000 priests. And those 20,000 priests were divided into 24 groups or divisions. Zechariah was in the most prominent group. It was called Abijah. And his wife Elizabeth is a descendant of Aaron, the first high priest in the time of Moses. Elizabeth was a Levite. Priests could marry women from other tribes. They did not have to marry a Levite. But when they did marry another Levite, like Elizabeth, it was a special blessing. This is a special priestly family. And Luke says that they were righteous in the eyes of God. They kept all of his commandments and all of his decrees. Zechariah and Elizabeth were without blame. 
That does not mean that they were sinless. It means that they were devoted to keeping all of those ceremonial laws, keeping the Sabbath, offering their own sacrifices, observing the feast days, and all of Zechariah's duties as a priest. And they were good, godly people. Now Malachi. Malachi closes telling the people to keep the commandments which had been given by Moses. The people in Malachi's day were not keeping God's commandments. Malachi even rebukes the priests. The people were bringing sacrificial animals to the temple, which were blind and lame or diseased. And priests were sacrificing these animals on the altar. People were not paying their tithes. They divorced their wives. The Lord was not happy with the people, and He was not happy with the priests who let all of this go on. These people were busy, busy, busy in the temple, slaying diseased animals, lighting fires, burning incense, praying, but the Lord is not happy. He's not happy with the people, and He is not happy with the priest. The Lord even says, I wish you would just close the doors to the temple. Malachi 1 and verse 10. The Lord also had this complaint. You say that it is futile to carry out the Lord's commandments, but that arrogant people are blessed. People who do evil prosper. Malachi chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. So here was the problem in Malachi's day. We are keeping all of these commandments, and the Lord's blessings are going to the people who do not keep His commandments. Sometimes it looks that way. In Psalm 73, verses 1 and 2, I know that God is good to Israel, to those who have pure hearts. But as for me, my feet almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold. It was when I envied those who are arrogant, and I saw how much the wicked prosper. The psalmist was perplexed by the way the wicked prosper. He almost repented of his righteousness. He almost turned away from the Lord. I can't help but think about Zechariah and Herod, the righteous priest and the wicked king. Let's do a side-by-side -side contrast. 
Zechariah lives in the Judean hills. Herod has a lot of palaces. One on the Mediterranean Sea, one on the Dead Sea, one on the Jordan River, one in the desert, one in Jerusalem, and others. Zechariah. Zechariah is a lowly priest in the temple. Herod is rebuilding the temple. Zechariah has one wife. Herod has ten wives and fourteen children. But Zechariah does not have even one child. Elizabeth has never been able to have children. She is barren. And now she is old. And Zechariah is old. Elizabeth feels disgraced. It is humiliating. All they can really do is pray. I don't know how much Zechariah really thought about King Herod. Did Zechariah ever sit and think about how evil Herod was and how many palaces he had, how many wives, how many children? Zechariah and Elizabeth were not like the priests during the days of Malachi. Those priests saw how the wicked prospered, and they got to where they did not really care about the Lord's commandments. They even offered diseased and injured sacrifices. What good does it do to serve the Lord? But Zechariah was faithful. He was faithful as a man, and he was faithful as a priest. He was blameless. Now back to the closing verses of Malachi. Secondly, what will the Lord do? The Lord will send Elijah the prophet, a prophet like Elijah, to come before the Messiah. He will prepare the people to be taught by Jesus. Let's look at Luke 1, verses 8 through 13. Zechariah lived in the Judean hills. The priests lived all over Judea and Galilee. There were 24 groups. Each group would spend two weeks each year in Jerusalem taking care of the temple worship. And now it is Zechariah's turn. His group would have had something like 800 priests. The priest will be doing a lot of things. 
every morning at 9 a.m., one priest has to go into the holy place and burn incense on the golden altar. And every afternoon at 3 p.m., another priest would do it again. This was the highest honor of a priest. They would draw lots, and if your lot was chosen, you were given the honor of going into the holy place and burning the incense. A priest could only do this one time in his entire life. There were so many priests, and everyone wanted to do it. So you could only do it once. Many priests were never able to do it in their entire life. It was a real honor. On this day, Zechariah was chosen. He is an old man. He has been a priest all of his life. And he finally gets to go in and burn the incense. The first room in the temple was the holy place. It had the bread of the presence, which was changed every Sabbath. And it had an altar for burning incense twice a day. The fragrant fumes of the incense would rise up. And it was a symbol of the prayers of God's people ascending up to the throne of God. At the same time, the worshipers were in front of the temple praying. And it was very frightening. There was once a king named Uzziah. He became king when he was only 16 years old. He was very successful and powerful. One day he was filled with pride. He wanted to go into the holy place and burn the incense. But he was not a priest. And while he was in the holy place, the Lord struck him with leprosy on his head. Uzziah had leprosy for the rest of his life and had to live in a house by himself. And he was never able to go into the temple area Again, Second Chronicles 26. So Zechariah is honored. But he has got to be a little fearful. The worshipers are praying. Zechariah enters the holy place. He has the incense in his hand. And then the angel Gabriel appeared. He was standing by the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was terrified. He was gripped with fear. I bet he was. In the Bible, everyone who encounters an angel is afraid. But to see the angel standing beside the altar of incense in the holy place, Wow, 
Zechariah must have been in fear of his life. What have I done wrong? But Gabriel tells Zechariah to not be afraid. Your prayer has been heard. The incense rises up from the altar, symbolizing prayers rising up to the Lord. At that very moment, Zechariah is told that his prayer has been heard. The Greek word for prayer here, deasis, means a specific prayer. A prayer for a specific thing. Your wife, Elizabeth, will have a son, and you will call his name John. John means God is gracious. This is a good day. <laughs> this is a really good day. I have finally got to enter the holy place and burn the incense. I saw the angel Gabriel, and I'm going to have a son. It doesn't get much better than that. Well, actually, it does get better than that. Your son will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. And he will go before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Isn't that what Malachi said? The Lord will send Elijah the prophet. And Gabriel goes on. John will turn the hearts of the parents to the children and the children to the righteousness of their parents. It means that this unfaithful generation will turn their hearts back to the kind of faithfulness that the Jews in the past had, the faithful Jews. And the faithful Jews of the past will no longer be ashamed of them. All of this in the closing three verses of Malachi. This is indeed a very good day. He will be a great joy to you, Zechariah. And many people will rejoice because of him. This is not just good news for Zechariah and Elizabeth. This is good news for the world. John will prepare the way for the Lord. It does not surprise me that John had some doubts about all of this. When Zechariah asks Gabriel how he can know that this will really happen, Gabriel tells him that he will not be able to speak until the child is born. And he may also have been deaf. After John was born, it says the people were making signs to Zechariah to find out what the child should be named. Luke 1, verse 62. 
imagine talking to an angel in the temple. The angel tells you that you will have a son and he will be this great prophet who will prepare the way for Jesus. And you can't even speak. You can't even tell people clearly what has happened. That has got to be torture. Don't forget, the worshipers are still waiting for him to come out of the holy place. What is taking so long? Did he have a heart attack and die? Did he slip and hit his head? Has the Lord struck him? What is going on? You have to be a little concerned about this. But finally, Zechariah comes out unable to speak, unable to hear. All he can do is make signs to the people. Well, they finally understand that he had a vision. Maybe at some time, maybe, maybe he got a copy of the prophet Malachi. Maybe he unrolled the scroll to the last three verses and pointed to the verses. I will send the prophet Elijah before the day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents and their children to one another. Well, when his week of service was over, he returned home. He had a lot to tell Elizabeth. If only he could. <laughs> he can't speak. He can't hear. And then Elizabeth became pregnant. And she said, The Lord has done this for me. He has removed my disgrace. <laughs> 